Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse, the fifth column. Greetings, and you already know that I'm not Camille Foster, and welcome to the fifth column podcast. This is your weekly, not almost weekly. You know why it's not almost weekly? Because A, it's weekly, and B, I am not Camille Foster. Rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally, oftentimes, uh, ourselves. Uh, Camille is currently, according to uh, a crack uh, producer, Anthony Fisher, he's currently mining diamonds, uh, I think somewhere out uh, on the West Coast, but who knows? Who cares? Uh, Michael Moynihan is uh, smuggling uranium on location, um, which is not a surprise. Uh, and you might be wondering, who is that evil cackling sound oh coming from? Laugh. They have been replaced. And uh, and just for listeners out there, I want an honest appraisal from you, by which uh, I, uh, I say um, uh, I want you to agree with me uh, that both of these guests that are here with me, my name is Matt Welch, all right? Reason Magazine, you know who I am, um, are actually better than the people that usually sit in this room. I like room. it. Mm-hmm. I like this already. Right? Um, so the uh, the lady who's just sort of humming so far right now mm-hmm. is, look at that, that's great. Uh, it's Nancy Rommelman, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Nancy Rommelman from Portland, Oregon. Um, originally from Montague Street here in Brooklyn Heights. Um, books under that name. That's right. Um, we knew each other in Los Angeles, California. One that's of the best right. damn... It's a little bit early for that. I think no, minute wait. twenty. You're gonna you're gonna do the hard hitting questions. I'm gonna give them right back to you. Look, just We're gonna get you, to the you, bottom you of get your, your new show, and now you get to like uh, ask everybody the questions. You're already now. on the show. You know I'm a bad interviewer. That's not true. Um, Nancy Rommelman, you can find her at Nancy Rom on Twitter. Great, phenomenal uh, journalist um, and all around uh, good guy with blue hair. And back to you, Mac Welch. Thanks for having me. My name's Matt, not Max. Max, thought, Matt, uh, whatever. Yeah. Those old Cubans really kind of uh, hit home, <laughs> That's didn't right. they? Earlier uh, tonight. In the jackass chair where Moynihan usually sits. <clears throat> Uh, is Bill freaking Schultz. Unlike Moynihan, I don't have diabetes, so you won't have to hear any type of monitor the entire time I'm here. I can't emphasize that enough. And you are actually heterosexual, unlike uh, Michael, which is uh, very surprising. Uh, Uh, I don't hold that against you. uh, Well, you know, I figured... Today I'm gay. Today I am Moynihan gay, which is a lot gay. Um, but <laughs> Bill is the star of a new show called Morning on Compound Media. It's both video and podcast. Or it is. Who, I where, don't know how, how to describe work? it? Yeah, it's Anthony Kumia somehow, who's a disreputable comic. Uh, yes. owns, the, owns the network. Uh, to to fill in the blanks, maybe for at least a, two of our listeners here, uh, Bill was one of the co-founders, and maybe Nancy Rommelman, who's a little lost. <laughs> yeah, you're already lost. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah. We're getting uh, ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Bill was a, a, a co-host, co-founder of the uh, of the uh, classic uh, Fox News 3 a.m. show Red. Uh, with Greg Gutfeld, um, and then uh, you know, in a, I think a freak masturbation a- accident or something what? like that was unceremoniously <laughs> let go or fired. It was quit um, a couple years back, mm-hmm. uh, and it's bitter recriminations still working themselves out. But um, now you started this show on Compound Media, which is on 10, 1030? 1030 to 11.30, but it's like the Wild West. I mean, it's online, so like if I want to go a little longer than 11.30, I can... Uh, but I think, like, you know, leave them wanting more, even though they still don't want anything. And what do you talk about in your show? Well, what I wanted it to be, as I was saying, I guess we weren't recording earlier, yeah? Hey, uh, we were. We were at the wait, levels, wait, wait. you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'll repeat myself. This is, like, dated material for you guys as of 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, but uh, what I wanted to be is uh, a salute not a parody, a salute to the Kathy Lee and Hodas, and I can't believe that Matt doesn't even know who Hoda is. That's the... That's the first time I've ever been insulted by you, I guess. Yeah. Um, or the Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest shows. Like, I work from home, so I watch a lot of these shows. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I do love them. And the View, are you kidding me? Watch The View all the time. And so I wanted it to be that, but maybe on Mescaline. Like, adding that little dynamic. Well, everything's better on Mescaline. Thank right? you. So, yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, but as Matt has already experienced, um, it has been, first of all, it's been, cause I'm still learning. It's sort of been a poor man, red, poor man's red eye 
the show that I did at Fox News. Uh, again, you book who you know, and it's been all my friends that were on Red Eye, and um, and sort of like it's a panel show, and I don't want it to be that, but it's just you know it's new. But um, and then you know the Weinstein. Moore O'Reilly stuff started coming out, and this I mean, involved, right, right when the show started. Right, well, my first show was the Vegas Massacre, and you were going to be on that first show. Oh, and, that's and, yeah, right. Yeah, Oof. and so like it was four hours. It was still like a uh, crime zone, you know, in yeah. Vegas, and that's when I'm starting my wacky show. Uh, it was great, great uh, karma right there. And then you know this, all this Weinstein stuff started yeah. happening, and it affected a couple of my friends, and they were already scheduled, and so yeah, it's been a halfway house. To, uh, where it's a safe place for women to talk about being sexually assaulted. And did they name names? Uh, yeah, well, Lauren certainly did. So Lauren um, Savon, who's a longtime friend of Bill Schultz, Bill's such a good journalist that um, what we discovered, she was on when I was on, uh, one of the, uh, the, I think the second week of your program, uh, we were on together, she was uh, by phone. Um, she was the first person to come out uh, post the original article. She's yes. the potted plant. Yes, she's the potted plant. Yes. She's not the, she's better than a potted plant, but she was the witness to the potted plant. But she was the first uh, non, you know, the first secondary mm-hmm. uh, confirmation of this story. Uh, she apparently had told Bill this ten years ago, and he'd forgotten. And so, I, re- I, re- I well, here's the thing: I did remember. I did remember. She said that on air. She's always got my number. Um, she said that I, I like when she told me that this was going to happen. That she talked to Yashar Ali, who's great. He's also been on my show. Great journalist for Huffington Post. Um, I did remember it. I mean, it's like early onset Alzheimer's with me, alcoholism. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I did remember it. But it, she, she she told it a long time ago. She told Alfred at the same time. And your brother who remembers things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, weighs way too much. And um, and well, this is why I'm such a bad journalist because when Yashar talked to Lauren and the, the whole potted plant story came out, the two nights before Yashar had. Uh, email, no, t- uh, called me and said, do you have Lawrence Savant's number? And here's what a great journalist I am. I didn't even occur to me to ask him why. I was just like, yeah, yeah here it is. It's like and two days went, after the Weinstein scandal. Yeah, and like, ugh, didn't even occur to me. And so you didn't remember the potted plant story? I did, but I didn't think that's what he was calling. I thought okay. he was just going to call her about some more like Fox News bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Now, to be clear, uh, uh, again, to uh, to uh, listeners who might not, you know, potted plant doesn't immediately evoke images. <laughs> yes. Here, Lauren was a journalist and happened to be at a restaurant where Harvey Weinstein. Stein, I've I've lost confidence in the in the. I think it's Weinstein, and you should also say that she had been trying to get a quote from him about an article she was writing, as I recall. No, actually, not. No, no, that's, no that was this is different. This yeah. is different. No, she just happened to be at a restaurant with him. She, he knew that. That she was a television journalist, um, uh, but he also knew that she was a female, and um, <laughs> yep, <laughs> and uh, uh, invited her to go down in the basement to see the kitchen or some damn yes, thing. Yes, he then, gave her a tour of the kitchen, and the staff cleared out. And she had even said to one of her friends or someone who else who was there, like, "Hey, if I'm not back in like ten minutes, you got to come after me because this Send is the fire department. a little bit weird." Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And he cleared people out, and he's a big, fat, grotesque pig. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I should uh, remember. The France is going through this uh, thing. They they have their own version of the shitty media men list here, and I think it's called uh, like uh, "depose your pig" uh, is a, is the translation. Like it. But right? it sounds I better like in it. French, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Deposer uh, le cochon. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. See, now Emmanuel's going to be here. super uh, happy. <laughs> yeah. that's here, yeah. Although I'm probably getting it wrong. So uh, <laughs> according according to the Atlantic, it's hashtag balance ton pork. That that's ah even, well okay no that's even, that's even <laughs> better, better. Uh, that by the way is Anthony Fisher I neglected to mention two things one that, that Anthony Fisher is the only person in this entire operation who's keeping this damn thing together as far as I'm concerned uh, and uh, and that's I'm throwing shade at my usual co-hosts uh, here he's over there uh, a man of the mics and the god mic and everything and this is the episode number seventy nine I'm like at episode seven <laughs> so I'm impressed uh, yes pot of plant so he cornered her and, and he masturbated in a pot of plant and then then she, didn't he ask her, like, will you do this for me? And she said no. And he said, well, okay, just stand there and watch, watch me. Watch it. Yeah. Like, yes. just watch me then. That's this enough. This is, oh, you're so right. And this is, like, part of Harvey Weinstein's thing. He also wants people to watch him shower. But that leads to, I think, Nancy's question that we've been asking ourselves all day. Like, right. Which is? What is this about? Right? Is this what you're talking about? Yeah. Like, what is the impetus for this? I mean, it's clearly not like, oh, I think you're so hot and I really want you. It's not just, 
I want to humiliate you and have right, you, yeah. you know, intimidate you. It's just some sort of primal glitch where they, as I was saying to Matt before, it's like shoots and ladders. It's like, okay, flirt, touch, no, boom, we're just going to fall right down to the ejaculation. And I need to do it right now, whether you're going to watch me in a pot of plant, whether you're going to be, who was it we were talking about, the uh, the latest story? Uh, uh, there's the Mark Halperin. Halperin. Uh, from, yeah. You know, just, just literally walking up to women and just rubbing his erect penis on yes. them through his pants. It's like, just out of nowhere. Like, what is this? What is this impetus that says, gotta go right now? There's a reason, Bill, why she's asking you. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I don't Clearly. like the spotlight right here on me. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a Nuremberg trial, except with uh, potted plants and DNA. Um, but Close room. I, uh, it's... No, but I, seriously. Like, like do, do they say that narcissistic personality disorder is no longer a diagnosable thing for... Uh, yeah, they're so, always... Yeah, the but I think updating it's the book. equal parts, uh, you're a sociopath, yeah. but also narcissistic personality disorder. And, but those are two kind words for what that is. I, I, it, I think they're very too un- sophisticated, it, actually. It, yeah. Narcissistic personality disorder, at least it's like, I'm going to have something over of you. I'm going to make you feel small. I'm going to be conniving. I'm going to figure out your vulnerabilities and attack there. Walking up to someone and just rubbing yourself against them is... Like dog behavior. Like, what yeah. is it? I. What's I, the exchange? There. Well, I guess it's a one-sided exchange. But he, like, I think it's like you're used to having things. Like, first of all, he hates himself. I mean, I think that that's always an underlying thing. I think that they always. In the back of their head, they're not good enough. They don't deserve what they have, and they hate themselves, and so that they've got to do this on someone else. And you know, not to be an armchair therapist, but I think there's that. I, I think that he's probably always been insecure. And uh, I mean, what was the thing that he did with Ashley Judd, where before he accosted her, he had her pick out his suit for the next morning, like just to show, yes, that was one of the things that he did. Look in my closet and help me pick out the suit that I'm going to do for this power play the next morning. Like it's this weird, I'm going to show you what a big deal I am because I have a tiny little infantile penis and like all of these insecurities that has somehow manifested into this psychotic, not sociopathic, psychotic behavior, I guess. Now, we're we're uh, like, uh, Nancy and I started talking about uh, this like three days ago when uh, I had begun to invite her on uh, a radio thing that I did earlier today on Sirius uh, XM. Uh, very, very nice Which, people over there. Which, yes, um, and uh, I've, I love them. <laughs> very sophisticated. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and we we're going to talk about uh, things related to this and just in the, in the two or three days uh, in between uh, first proposing this, there was Mark Halperin thing came out. There's a new one. Uh, Anthony Fisher was just talking about James Toback now stands accused from 238 women. And I'm not sure I've met 238 women. <laughs> I don't I'm, know I'm, 238 I'm... people or animals. <laughs> like I've I've known many pets that have died. Not enough to even combine all these people. Uh, uh, people. I mean, the the publisher of Art Forum magazine. Boom, gone. Leon Weaseltier, the yeah, literary editor I of the know, New uh, Republic. Boy. Uh, for The for guy you. from Amazon, the head of uh, Amazon Films. Amazon uh, Films guy yeah. got bounced. Terry Richardson, the fashion photographer. Terry Richardson was, come on. I, like, Terry Richardson was a sexual predator before we knew the term sexual predator. Okay, so then you've, you work in glossy magazines and you've, you've done your share, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy, too. So uh, who's the next, like, come on? Like, you seem to know. You knew Terry Richardson. Well, so, uh, I no, I me, I've met him in passing, and he's just as loathsome as you would assume he would be. But he always wore that on sleeve, and and the thing of it is, is you obviously never blame the victim. But a lot of these women would go and do photo shoots with him, knowing his behavior and having him do, do that behavior to them before. But they would still do it, and I understand that because, like, you know, you do what you got to do to get a job and. Sometimes, like, that's horrible. And Terry Richardson was allowed for it to continue for at least two decades. And it was an open secret, a little bit like Harvey Weinstein. Um, And I don't get it. I don't really understand it. I don't understand how it's been allowed to continue as it has. And 
I don't know. I guess we're in a new age where you can't get away with it. Well, anymore, that's the thing. So the last, since the last time I saw you, Nancy, which is at least like an hour ago, you've seen <laughs> the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, give me some more names, The horrible, man. the horrible, the shitty, the, the shitty, shitty media, media man, man list. list. Yeah. I and read it. You've seen some names. Quickly. You? I did. Is Bill's seen... name on it? No. And yours isn't either, man. Yeah. Is that good? <sighs> uh, but I, I will version. tell you, um, I saw four names I know either personally, tangentially, and one I know quite well. And I was quite surprised. I don't, uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm very big into naming names as a journalist who feels that if you're fighting sometimes for what you see as justice and, you know, other people have been hiding them and I just think this is garbage and sometimes you just have to move forward. But I, I have known a lot of gals that have had bad situations and when they're not willing to come forward and say it, unless I'm doing an investigative report that I'm like, okay, I'm on this story. I'm going to get my facts. I'm going to clear it and understand that I'm walking into a potential, you know, legal suit or something. It's like, is it my story to tell? Like, is it, am I going to name this dude's no, name? No, I'm, not, I'm not going to. But I will say the one guy that I know pretty damn well, I'm I never tried anything with me. Let's put it that way. Um, but he does have some literary power, uh, it, 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 big fish in a small pond. And pe- we, we spoke about this earlier. Okay, so. Rhyme we, it. Do the rhyme game. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Banana fana. Um, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier. All right. You're a 22-year-old gal. And Thank you. you are, you know, you're sexually active. You yes. have aspir- <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> you have aspirations. You're kind of in the scene. And you meet someone who's maybe a little older who says, man, I see. I see the potential in you. And you're like, oh, man, this dude, and he's a somebody, and I'm going to get to go to parties with him and feel really cool, and maybe we're going to have sex. Well, you're having sex anyway. So it's not like, like I said to you, it's not like he's asking you to skin a goat. He's just saying, like, let's do something you're doing anyway, but there's going to be other stuff that's going on. Without a doubt. But you may not realize, especially if he's 45 and 65, and you can talk about your French uh, math equation or whatever it is you were talking about, that... He's done this to 45 other people, and it's probably ended badly for all of them at a certain point, but you don't know that. Um, And so you go along with it until it starts to take some weird skin off your hide, and you realize, actually, this exchange rate is not what I thought it was going into it. So do you call it, you know, was um, was I harassed? Maybe initially you weren't. Or you didn't think of it that way at all. Interesting. And at a certain point, you know, when we see things like a woman getting locked in the closet or punched in the jaw, that one, you know, thing I showed you today, or you're saying no, 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 and he's, you know, smashing you onto the bed, this is a different exchange than it started out. Um, so hopefully women can get out a lot faster. They, they can have their wits about them and realize like, uh, you know what? I see this is not what I thought it was going to be. And then they get out and not have to spend 20 years feeling horrible that, you know, they were to blame for something. And uh, like Matt brought up, like, because this was all still very fresh when we had Lauren on after the story had come out. But Matt brought up a couple good points. Um, One of them was, of course, like, which, you know, dumb me, it didn't even occur to me. But like, Weinstein did this to a journalist. Yeah. Like, that was only the first question Matt had for Lawrence. Like, you're doing this to a journalist. Like, it's one thing to do it to a young starlet. Are we allowed to say starlet anymore? Yes, I don't know sure. if that's, Great uh, word, yeah, yeah. great word. Um, it's one thing to do it to some, you know, naive person that's a waiter in L.A., you know, that's trying to get into business. But this is a journalist. And, like, that's what, oh, well, that's how out of control he it's, was. It's either the blindness of entitlement or he's is completely out of control and he's just, you know, become animalistic. Or it's like, okay. What can I get away with? How far can I push this? That's yeah, part of the yeah, attraction. Yeah. That's, and, part um, that's the also part of the, the self-hatred thing. I mean, yeah. anyone you know who really hates themselves, like uh, Bill, <laughs> part of it is I will push. I've only ever sexually accosted him. <laughs> and he liked it. And, I mean, there was, yeah. there was an exchange. Oh, like, <laughs> you think it didn't help my career? Accosted. <laughs> Look where he is. He's in the, in the uh, MCC here. Right? Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> it's unclear. The, the hatred, the self-hatred. Uh, no, no. But yeah. part of the, part of the uh, behavior of people like that is that they want to get caught. I mean, you, you uh, on some level. That is a good point. Right? No, that, that's. 
that's probably true at a certain point. So I asked you a question earlier, or maybe I didn't. So Harvey Weinstein, they were calling it the Weinstein effect right now because mm-hmm. we are seeing a big domino and the lawyers are probably getting involved. Unbelievably so. Women are just feeling like, so I have a question for you. Do you think that he's going to stand up and say, look, I'm the hero. I'm the one that finally brought death, brought this down. Oh, do the switcheroo. Mm. Like, uh, I'm, I'm the real feminist. I'm the last I'm the one. You know, feminist. I didn't realize it now, but look how I've made everybody see the light. Through my bad behavior. Well, what did he do initially when they were first co- when it was all first coming out and it was still sort of like vague uh, anecdotes about what he did? Um, his first thing was to bob and weave with, you know what? I, I, it was the sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah. It was a different time. Sure. And what I'm going to do now is just going to I'm going to fight the NRA and I'm going to do a documentary and a bob. I like just sort of like the the distracting like liberal friends. Yeah, with, look at the bird. Yeah, look at the exactly. shiny bird over here. And that's when Lauren did it. And when Lauren saw that, she's like, he's going to get away with this. Like, I'm telling the story. And that's when she came out with the potted plant. She's like, no, fuck you. Truck you. Uh, (laughs) Like, you're not going to get away with this. And that's when Lauren came out with her story. And then more dominoes. But, you know, that was a week ago, which was like now, you know, an era ago. Yeah. Right. So what happens now? You know, he's he apparently had like one week in rehab and it was very successful. Right. Uh, Um, But I'm wondering. He rode the horse like uh, Anthony Weiner on the uh, on the ranch. (laughs) Yep. Speaking of which, Anthony Fisher brought a point right before we uh, started this. Anthony Weiner, he's in jail right now, Anthony? Yeah, yeah. I believe so, right? Anthony, yeah. Anthony Weiner has reported to uh, prison. He is going to serve hard time. So he's in and prison. We don't know if he touched a single person. He, no. No one has ever accused him of touching anyone. Not, no, That's, no, they, does that he, bring us to the picks? A little bit, yeah. yeah I mean, bit. in two ways. One is just it's the eternal question. Maybe, Bill. By the way, check your phone. I just said <laughs> Don't bring it up here. We'll, we'll just discuss what I showed you uh, later on. Um, the eternal question of like, I just like why? On, Never understood. Never. Well, there clearly has to be a market. And um, I. Well, it's the same thing with flashers, though, isn't that like a time it's old a, thing? Yes, you know? absolutely. No, yeah, it's a thing. No, like, no, that's no. Like third no thing. I don't think so. I think flashing. We're. I mean, in the old school version of it, was an actual public act, right? You know, you did it on the street. You did it, you know, through someone's window or something, and there was that. Exchange that horror exchange you could get. I mean, a pick is completely passive. Well, maybe it's like the the hand in the popcorn thing. <laughs> wow, going <laughs> old school. Wow, it's like <laughs> creature feature. You've been watching Deuce right. over there. <laughs> I, 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 I I pride myself on knowing the, the worst of humanity. And, and, you know that. that to, to your point, it's like that's this. You know, whoever's reaching for that popcorn, you probably know. You probably invited them to this movie. Sure. So this phone thing could be a slight perversion of that. Pardon the the use of that phrase. But it's so. I mean, you're not gonna. The reaction you're gonna get is so is so virtual. It's like what. What? She's horrified, like, in, in the next township? Yeah, no. I what? I think people generally believe that the recipient of this picture of my hopefully erect penis <laughs> is going to be really impressed. That was the original name for this podcast, by yes. the way. My hopefully erect penis <laughs> with Matt Welsh. They uh, workshopped it, and they found that that was not going well in the focus group. Well, and not to make this like the all Lauren show all the time, but... You know, she's got a War and Peace novel of pics that guys have sent her, usually unsolicited. And there was this one that I felt guilty about because he was a kind of friend of mine. He's a stand-up comedian. I'll tell you his name after the show. Um, and I, he was moving to L.A. And I was like, oh, one of my best friends lives in L.A. You should totally. And she had a boyfriend. like, And I told him as much. Um, but I was like, she's you know looking for more friends in L.A. You should hang out with her. They get back and forth. She thinks she's funny. They're texting. And then it's just like a little bit like Wiener, just like, like, no, out of nowhere. Wait, what Meow. is this? And But what she did was she had this some sort of like um, An cell phone thing that you, you can turn. No, but you can turn like anything that someone sends you into an Andy Warhol painting and so she sent back so she started doing all these Andy Warhol paintings of just different shades in the background of colors of his dick pic and just sending it back to him all different Andy Warhol paintings of his dick in it to sort of I don't know the one I heard that was that someone got one and sent it to his mother said your son sent this to me that's brilliant that is really good all right, I, I, that's wonderful. I need to jump up and down uh, on the uh, boundary that uh, the borderline that separates uh, the space between you and me of, of no, the genders. Um, in since we talked, uh, Bill, which is ten days ago or so, um, 
and all this stuff has come out. Does the volume of all this stuff coming out, is it surprised you? Or just the, the, the number, I mean, the 238 is just a large number. The number of editors of just dumb magazines that aren't famous in any way, shape, or form who are now being drummed out. Mark Halperin, like a dork That's, with a mustache. That actually, I hate to say it, because you, you, like, I, have, I, I like to think I have good gaydar. Like, I, like I'll, I'll know if you're gay. Um, and mostly because I've slept with you. Um, and uh, I'm not gay, but I just, you know, I gotta see, I, I'm a journalist, you know, I gotta find out. Um, but uh, Immersive journalism, yes, that's what that's called. Yeah. Thank you. A uh, journalist, I guess, as we call it. Um, but um, the, uh, I, and so like as a result, I think kind of like Gator, you can kind of spot a pig. Like right, like I usually think I can. I can, I can, I can spot a scumbag. Like even before all the O'Reilly stuff came out, I knew. Like even before I started hearing well, that's stories. not that's a hard, easy that's one. an easy one. Yeah. The, the helper one surprised me. I did not spot that scumbag. I, I did not see that in him. He looks so innocuous. Like I don't. Uh, I don't but know. even even in the Fox building where you worked for six seven years, I worked for a, a couple. Um, I mean O'Reilly, right? Like you knew there was a there's a makeup room uh, on the on the ground floor. There was three uh, three or four makeup rooms there. Fish, there's three, right? On the uh, on the like the main ground floor studio. I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've blocked it all out too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one uh, between the hours of like two and six. Just the curtain was drawn. Oh, without a doubt. No one. Would, oh, yeah. You weren't to go in there. And that was O'Reilly's. That's, oh, that was yes. the Papa Bear's. Yeah. Like, yeah. He didn't want anyone. He didn't want it to smell the memory of someone being there two hours ago. <laughs> like he just he had his own zone of control. And like so, the, and he yeah. was not known for being particularly nice with his staff. Uh, not even remotely. Speaking of which, uh, you know. Uh, Welcome to Fox, Laurie Ingram. That's going to be fun for yeah. all, all their staffers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, uh, has a, a reputation as, of, of being uh, uh, someone who's... Uh, abrasive? Uh, um, abrasive and, and does tirades with well, people. I, I but, told you what we... Well, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go on. Actually. Well, I told you what we would do with Laurie Ingram with uh, Sub for O'Reilly. Oh, no. Oh, this is great. Uh, God, and there's tapes here somewhere, but like, I think some of them are on the internet, but she would fill in for O'Reilly every once in a while with her... Little crucifix on, you know, and she didn't. She didn't really subscribe to the golden rule, though. Um, and she would just, she's like a monster, and like so we would, so you know, it's O'Reilly's live to tape usually, um, so they would tape it early in the day, and we would have it on because you have this one feed that doesn't have the commercial, so you see them in the studio in between when they're doing their segments. Channel ninety three. Yeah, it was something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you, and. Like, whenever we would find out that Ingram was on, we're like, oh, this is going to be good. some good watching. And we would also not get any work done and just watch her destroy the staff. I, I knew, There were swear words I didn't even know existed. Uh, that, and just, like, melt down on everything. And it was, you could clock it. It wasn't like every once in a while. It was every commercial break. Because they'd do it, like, they tape Like it the Casey Kasem outtakes. Like might, Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yes, great, absolutely. Great Casey Kasem oh. reference, by the way. That was, that was a favorite of ours yeah. on the uh, independent staff. What the Remember, yes. remember the, uh, See, I censored myself, but yeah, the Casey Kasem was Casey Kasem was flipping out on a uh, on a staffer for queuing up an up-tempo record after, after a, a dog. dog-dying dedication. What was, <laughs> what was his phrase? What was his <laughs> Ponderous. 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 <laughs> but, oh, Laura, I wish we'd taped some of them. Oh, See, it was you know, so good. If there was somebody in there who was skillful uh, with the uh, VCR with Channel 93 in there, I mean, that's what I, you know, obviously. So do, many. If you're hanging around with Kennedy, uh, just there's. You know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that um, that you shouldn't ever air on television. I'm sure Red Eye was the <laughs> oh, same way. Oh, yeah. Everything oh, yeah. in between yeah. takes, uh, especially when you don't have a live show, is is hilarious. But we just always like Channel 93, Channel 93 or whatever oh, number that we were using. I that. think, yeah. I think there were people it. watching. But I think people in there don't just didn't realize that. Like they never turned the TV on on their desk and they didn't see that there's constant feeds. Yeah, and it's just, oh, it's worth the price of admission. But, so, you were at Fox all this time. Were you surprised by all the Fox? I mean, there's like no. hundreds of millions of dollars no, I like uh, I was like, uh, there was a couple girls, and it was, uh, they agreed to date with me. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, but there was a couple girls I dated that Roger Ailes would do the breathing exercises. And the thing with Roger Ailes is... Uh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, wait, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Need Slow a little... Come now. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Roger Ailes would have a meeting with a girl. And what, what happened was, and it was usually someone that he could prey upon, like not mm-hmm. one of the older people that had been on for a while. Mm-hmm. This never happened to Ann Coulter, you know. Um, but what he would do is he's like, you know, 
I think you're really good, um, but you're, you've got a little vocal fry. What I'm going to do is I'm going to help you with some breathing exercises. Oh, God. And so here's how, here's how the breathing exercises would work. Um, he would have them sit on his lap, as one does for yeah. breathing. Like, why are you Absolute, looking at me that way? No, no, ab- no that, I hate that. Always, that's how I always do. Uh, the, I yeah, mean, yeah. you got to make it work. Yeah. Um, and so, and then he would, if they had a blouse on, he would take their blouse up and put his hand on their stomach and just on have their the, diaphragm. On their diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. See breathing exercises, Sounds and he like would have them sit on his lap. And do breathing exercises with his hand on their stomach until whatever the hamburger meat that he calls a penis would finish. <laughs> would go. Yeah. And that was the uh, – those were the meetings. And I was kind of dating this uh, – and, and women would do this. They would do it. They And they knew it was garbage, obviously. But they did it because they felt intimidated. He saw their vulnerability. Blah, 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 blah. Well, and also – and I think you and I talked about this on, on the show um, – you know, the Game Changer was, of course, I hate Game Changer. I got to get that out of my vocabulary. But, it's the name uh, of a Mark Halpern book, so uh, nicely uh, uh, Oh, Game Changer. excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's all coming back. But the Game Changer, obviously, was Gretchen Carlson. And Roger Ailes, paranoid piece of poop, didn't say the S word, um, that he is, he would never let you have a phone in his office. But what Gretchen Carlson, she gave him one, but she had the other one in her purse. And when she recorded it, that's what changed everything. I mean, if it was just her word against Roger Ailes, yeah. guess who's going to win? Yeah. But she recorded it, and that changed everything. And so these other girls with the breathing exercises, and I remember, um, and she's still working for a local Fox channel now. She's, I don't even think she's 30. And I was waiting outside smoking. That's where I'm a bad person. Um, and I was waiting for this meeting that she was so excited about having with Roger Ailes. And I remember thinking, I'm about three years into uh, Red Eye. I've never had a meeting with Roger Ailes. It's odd that she works online and she's already having all these meetings. It's a lot. And I remember she was running so out crying. You're dating her at the time? Uh, yeah. Like, we got a couple dates. Um, awkward makeout. You know, it's kind of a jam. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, so we were kind of in the middle of that. Um, and... She runs out crying. And I'm like, oh, this was a bad meeting. Um, you know, I'm naive at the time. And she tells me exactly what happened. And I was like, It well, was we... a breathing exercise? Breathing exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we got him. Let's go to HR right now. We got him. Like this. And even though she was much good good about younger than me, she's like, You gotta be kidding me. Like, like how naive was I to think that we've got Roger Ailes? No, like, like her word against him, her career is ruined. That was it. That was always it. But she's okay. Sorry to be naive here, but let's say she's 28 years old and she already assumes that if she complains about Roger Ailes, her career is ruined. Correct. Like, what line is she buying into? Like, that's it. That was the I reality. Have no power. That was the reality. I mean, I hate to say it, that was in the, the reality. In the context of uh, Fox, in addition to whatever context of a big media organization, but he was the dictator in the building. Right. Um, in, you know, he loomed large over that. And people, uh, dummies from the outside would focus on Rupert Murdoch, who hate Fox News. Like, ah, yeah. oh, Mur- Murdoch yeah. is trying to corrupt everything. No, it wasn't. Rupert Murdoch did not run that building. He never Absolutely. did. He, the only time he began to think about running the building was after Ailes was finally bounced. They tried to get rid of him, or his, the Murdoch kids tried to get rid of him uh, like a, a year and a half or so before they finally did. And, and they couldn't because it's Ailes. Baby. So he was a dictator in the I'm not pushing back on the fact that Roger Ailes ran that. What I'm pushing back on is the idea that a woman says, oh, well, if I, if I say anything against him, my career is ruined. I just, I don't buy it. At the time, <laughs> I think it was the fact. I like, and here's the thing, and this is terrible. I'm not excusing this, but yeah, yeah. here's the thing. As much as, like, obviously Fox News is hated within the rest of the world of cable news, um, you are labeled with something, and this is terrible, but it's true. You are labeled with something if you uh, ha- come out against a uh, higher up, and there's no one higher up than Roger Ailes. So that does follow you if you go to an MSNBC or a CNN to the extent where you're not going to get hired in an MSNBC or a CNN. At least at that time, I think things are changing. Uh, you are sort of like you've got the big red A on you in a little bit. Like you, instead of like coming out because you were sexually assaulted, you're coming out as like a, a, a bridge burner, a rabble rouser. Like they, none of them like it. It's not like MSNBC and CNN are that much better. This kind of crap goes on there too. Uh, I think probably more so at Fox News, but this is all over the place. And that leads to a question, and and, and this is all just supposition, of course, but. 
um, in hearing this and in reading all these accounts, like in the New Yorker, I, I've been uh, especially interested in people who describe uh, transactions that are kind of ambiguous. You can't say it was sexual assault. Yeah. It's just like it was creepy. Um, it wasn't even, you know, uh, uh, the dry humping erection. It wasn't a potted plant. It was just, you know. Well, <laughs> I love that these are actual things we're yeah. discussing. <laughs> I know, my God. Um, but like, uh, and, and you realize there's all, there's all, any number of situations that are either um, uh, inappropriate or they're, they're, they spark questions and maybe some like trauma or questioning uh, among the women who, who go through of them it's just there's there's tons of them so it makes me listening to this and i and i think uh, bill's absolutely right in terms of the terrible power calculus of it all yeah um without tape uh a 20 you know a 12 year old whoever you were dating at the time uh who works at uh she was 13 come on i'm not a monster at uh fox uh who comes out of a breathing lesson with roger ailes you're gonna lose the the best that you can yes the best that you can hope for is a settlement and you're probably not going to get that at the time so my question to you uh nancy is thinking about this in terms of icebergs and tips and things like if if x number of of uh of cases are coming out of 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 men are gravitating from the media men list to the actual whoops you're not going to be working for the next 12 months at least or you you're not going to have this job do we add a multiplier of 10 on the number of uh, of actual episodes that came that people aren't talking about for precisely that reason because it's a big pain in the ass there's uh I'll just Well, I think the vindictiveness, there. let's say. Okay, so I mean we we read this I was telling you something I read earlier about O'Reilly um that I think just came out today. I read it on Facebook. Uh someone that I was, know exactly you, what right. you're talking okay, about. Okay, so oh, he he's his girlfriend at the time had been working for O'Reilly and he she'd had some episodes with him though not extreme like she'd fended and fended him off. And then another gal that he'd, you know, assaulted in some way, shape, or form complained. HR called this original girl and said, we need to talk to you. O'Reilly needs to talk to you. Got her on the phone. The boyfriend was with her at the time. And they said, okay, what do you know about this girl? The one that was complaining. We need some dirt on her. We need some dirt. What do you know about her sex life? What do you know about drugs? What do you know about any of this? Meanwhile, the gal just said, I don't know anything. She lives in my building. That's all I know. And he goes, oh, you're no good to me or something like that. Like, this is not useful information. I think the the proportion of vindictiveness and I will destroy you will be proportional to how loud the gal gets. So you're saying, OK, so some gals are like, get the hell off of me. And then whatever. You're off their radar. Um, but if you complained, that's when they really pulled out. All the guns and everybody that, supported them. Yes. Um, in terms of, are we going to see a magnitude of ten now? Yeah. Or does a magnitude of ten exist that we're not going to hear about? Oh yes, saying. yes. Because because for whatever reasons, women uh, blame themselves. I was stupid. I'm ashamed. I'm intimidated. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my job. I'm afraid for my family. I'm afraid I'm never going to work again. And they just don't do it. They don't speak up. I sent you that one article earlier this morning. It was came out in. In, in March, 12 women writing this essay, it appeared in a literary magazine about the horrible sexual things they had endured under, this was like more in like the literati world, the writing world, the MFA world. Not one of them named a name. That's I was so enraged. I mean, you have all 12 of them together collaborating on this piece. And I'm like, what's up, ladies? Like, what are you waiting for? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's counterproductive. And I don't even know if I use the word correctly. But mm-hmm. look how look how much traction in 10 days has happened. Look at how many people are running for the hinterlands before they get a chance to get fired or they've resigned from their company or they've given up. What was the one the other day? Who was it? He like resigned from his entire company. It, oh, it's a producer. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, no, it's the chef. John, somebody right there was a, uh, a d bag uh, chef. Somebody yeah. in in New Orleans, like he. The allegations came out like I'm, I'm making up the timeline on a Monday. On a Tuesday, there was Wednesday out, like a 32 restaurant empire. It's it's they are running for the hinterlands right now. Now there may be a backlash. I'm going to say, no, we're going to stand our ground, but you're going to have more of this. The next two weeks are going to be fun. I mean, the floodgates are open. Yeah, they're open. Know? And I just came up with that, the floodgates thing. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A good yeah. I'm going to trade. Wow, that's it. a good yeah. image. Yeah, wow. Um, no, I think because people are afraid and then they do feel, you know, 
in quotes, empowered, or they feel okay about coming out with their stories. Um, and then some of it's not going to be interesting, and some of it's going to be overblown, of course, but you know, people. Well, and I mean, you're an attractive woman. Is that too much? Like, I don't want to become off, come off as Weinstein. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, like, you, you've got you some horror. I'm pick. assuming you've got some horror stories. <laughs> you know, I was, earlier we were talking about this today. I have a lot of stories where people that I don't know, like running in Echo Park, and a guy comes up and grabs my cooch, or a guy, you know, Jesus throws, Christ, that actually happened. Oh my God! Do you know how many times I've had men that I don't know grab my genitals? Are you? Oh. No, this is what I'm saying. It's like, what it's is nice this? To like, be, wait, it's nice so where does this? To Grab them by the pussies, I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that seemed impractical. No, no. I didn't think they, it, was it is impractical. I mean, you're literally like running, and some guy comes up behind you and goes, whoop, and you're like, what? Now, that has happened. I mean, I don't you, have uh, I don't have enough fingers wow. and toes. I've been pushed down. I've been pushed into trains. I've been, you know, but I've always, I was talking about, I, I God, at a very young age, I started damn. yelling in people's faces and fighting back. And I'm very lucky. I haven't had any super bad things happen in terms of. Well, that counts as a super bad thing. You know what, though? But does it? Yes. But, but <laughs> By definition. What am I going to do? I'm going to drag it around with me all the time. It's like, you know, it happened. I was 13 years old. What are you going to do? I, some guy, it was a couple of years ago in Echo Park. Like, I didn't like it. I looked for him. I didn't find him. I went home and I made dinner. I, You know, like, I don't want to presume, but I can go out and I'm going to say <laughs> that uh, Welsh has never had someone just run up to him and grab well, him. And I could be wrong. I mean, uh, I don't want to shame the victim here. I no, can uh, tell but, you, I have never run up to a man I don't know sorry guys and grabbed his penis yeah I don't I, think I mean, even after I, you saw the dick pics <laughs> it was so hard Matt but I just what if I we give you an Andy Warhol glaze you know um, <laughs> but in terms of like people like career wise um, I've had some like powerful writers or editors, you know, but always very politely. Like we got to dinner and then they kind of talk a little bit and it's like, you know, we could maybe and this and that. I'm always been, you know, I'm I'm married and thank you and that's great. But let's continue to have a professional career. And that's almost always worked except for one time when the guy was kind of pissed. And so as a result, you didn't get any more gigs from well, this Well, I wasn't really waiting to get a gig from him. I was just a colleague that I really liked a lot. I thought it was super smart. And then I realized, like, I thought we were, like, getting along, like, as colleagues. And we were. But he had a different end game. But, and, all right. Whatever. And then that was... Uh, whatever. I, well, I... There's some, I mean, that's... I don't know if the laissez-faire attitude, and I guess you have to do it that when you're a woman. Like we're not used to this. Like, I got a lot. I mean, have a. It doesn't matter. Like it's gonna. It's, cu- it's so, gonna come so along. I knew how big Din was. My yeah, that's my God. <laughs> oh, believe me. Uh, I, there was one particular story where uh, he, Din is the name of her husband, who's six, I six five, not, and, uh, and he was really a bouncer at punk rock club. He's never. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> he's just. He's. He. I've got on a lot of stories. I have a great life. I do journalism, but. You know, don't fuck with my wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, bouncer to punk rock. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I want to, since you're both here, um, and why not? Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, and because Nancy and I never talk about uh, politics because we're friends. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a thing? Like in LA, this is my, my big gripe of the East Coast. And New York is much better than Washington, D.C. ever was. But like in D.C., you know, people are, are they got C SPAN up on the bar, uh, on television. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like yeah. you're always, you're, everything's about politics. Um, and uh, in LA, like, in, it like you have to work hard to have it come up. You know what? Are people going to talk about Eric Garcetti, like as if anyone's more people have heard of it, like Garcetti from uh, the the Wire than the actual mayor of Los Angeles, uh, and that's great. I mean, they're they're going to talk about rock music. They're going to talk about tacos. It's just whatever. We're in L.A. You I know? thought we had such an interesting crew though back in L.A. I mean, it was just all stripes from the super super greeny liberals to you know. Hardcore. I mean, uh, conservatives. One, uh, uh, one of our friends in LA was uh, one of uh, Bill's friends in New York was Andrew Breitbart, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, uh, at yeah. the time, and uh, it still outrages some narrow-minded people that I was. You know, Andrew was uh, yeah. Nancy were, had spent quite a, a fair amount oh, of time in, in our backyard. Yeah, uh, uh, doing so. But I wanted to talk. I mean, uh, uh, Bill, you. Uh, were portrayed on Red Eye uh, as uh, as Greg's uh, repulsive liberal sidekick. Yes. I think was the, is the phrase. Um, you seem you work for Anthony Cumia, who's nobody's liberal. Uh, uh, Wait, like, Anthony Cumia is not a liberal. I don't think so. Oh, all right. This is my impression. I mean, I don't want to speak for him. You seem to be fluent with people who are not, let's say, traditional progressive liberal oh. Democrat type of people. Uh, 
what is that? What are what are your politics, or do you think about politics? My la- even yeah, in that sense? my last two girlfriends were hardcore right. Um, well, uh, second to last was uh, very right. The other one was a little more middle of the road. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sort of like a um, the flame to Republican lady moths uh, for some reason. But um, I, you know what the weird thing is? I don't remember who first asked me this. I was very much more middle of the road and certainly conservative on some things before I worked at Fox News. And when I started working there, I found myself getting more left. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't think that that's necessarily because I thought, oh, this is more, I agree with this more than something. It's just when you're all immersed in what Fox News was, as Matt certainly knows, you tend to go the other way. And I found myself getting much more liberal than I ever was uh, while I was there. And then then you go back, because I spent most of my time in News Corp, but then you go back out into the liberal mm-hmm. island bubble that is New York, and then you find yourself getting the other way more, right. you know, when you're just surrounded by those friends as much, much more so. So, yeah, it's sort of like... I, that'd be the best way to describe it. The, uh, the I, most li- the most libertarian I ever like found myself tacking was for the two years that I worked at the LA Times. Yeah, uh, there elected. you go. Exactly. On a yeah. daily basis, you have people coming in using words without any sense of irony, like stakeholders. <laughs> it's like, oh no, uh, you know, talking about how we need to, politicians talking about how we need to do a deal by which they mean uh, like put together a real estate package for some corner that involves eminent domaining 45 people out of their and it's like what that's your, your policy you don't do deals yeah. that's what the, the real estate guy uh, does the deals uh, no it totally drives me uh, in in the other direction screaming I mean I don't know what it's like uh, for you sitting on the outside watching, but th- this week, one of the big uh, stories, I mean, and we were talking about it over on uh, Fox News Radio, if you just watch Fox this week, the biggest story in the country by far is, if I'm getting this right, um, Hillary Clinton sold 20% of the United States uranium supply. It's uranium, uranium, uranium. Uranium, uranium, uranium plus yes. uh, dossier because- That was funded by the DNC, Right. The, the steel dossier? Yes. Mm. Yes, that was funded by the DNC and people... as, as oppo research because no one's ever done oppo research before. That's right? kind of how it's always been done <laughs> since right. after the Revolutionary That's War. Right. Yeah. In, in fairness to uh, our friends who were uh, beating this drum over and over again, the new news, I think, was that someone on the Hillary campaign or the DNC uh, had been lying about it for like 12 months. <gasps> what? I know this is weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but that's kind of all there is. And when you see that happen in in mass, when every single show on the network is like that, do you feel like they know? I mean, I saw, uh, 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 what's his face, uh, the Canadian guy, uh, Mark Stein, uh, former uh, uh, columnist mate of mine at the National Post in Canada, and uh, a sweet guy on an individual basis. Uh, but there's a snippet of him today talking on Fox saying, uh, at this point, the only person who didn't collude with Russia is Donald Trump. <laughs> and it's like, do you, know what, do you know what you're doing? I think they do. I think they do. Oh They're having a kind of a maybe a smaller and smaller patch of safe ground to stand on. So maybe they're just going to plant their flag there for now. I think even though the Rupert Murdoch boys are now in charge of FNC, I, I think you're going to see more of it and even harder to that end of just insanity for the fact that O'Reilly's gone, for the fact that well, Ailes is gone, and for the fact that uh, bowling is gone, and to still keep their what's the median demo age like sixty five? No, no, no. It's the... it's over seventy. It's seventy one or seventy. Is that true? right? The median. Wow. Is that... Yes, That's... it's wow. over seventy years old. To ensure well, this that... is a problem. A little bit. I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean... but, but they, they still, will they die still make a billion dollars a year. So oh, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, that's yeah. no. I my my going theory is that they um, had a very comprehensive plan for what to do the day after the election because they knew Hillary Clinton was going to win. And they knew that, um, therefore, Donald Trump would start the competing Trump TV. That's right. Mm-hmm. His first hire would be Sean Hannity and the second would be Bill O'Reilly. Um, maybe he would take Lou Dobbs out there and they would all wear hashtag MAGA hats and, and like uh, have fun. And so they would pin their hopes on Megyn Kelly and they would start taking the Murdoch boys and attacking in a more serious direction. It's all going to be about Shep Smith and Brett Baer and the serious people working there. And we're going to finally grow this place in a more kind of sober direction. And they got a 
totally wrong-footed by the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Megyn Kelly goes out the out the door, and they look around, and who is getting their ratings uh, after uh, the election? It's Hannity. It's Lou Dobbs. But have you heard little whisperings that Hannity's on shaky ground? Not recently, have you? Yeah, today. I don't well, remember I, where I, mean, I saw isn't it. Like he's, it's now just, he's got like the top-rated show again, right? He's apparently like also like calling for all of these you know Republicans to get out of there. I'm not saying that this is anything new, but it's like, is is that your job now? That's well, your I job? Mean, yes. So Rommelman uh, talking about, you know, Bill lives in in uh, Manhattan right. uh, bubble of uh, of people. And that kind of makes him feel a little bit of a, a contrarian itch. You've been in Portland a while now, oh, sister. Good Lord. Are you so, keeping it weird? <laughs> so you really <laughs> no. like people who ride bikes? Uh, no, 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 and... no, 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 no. Don't get me started on the bike lanes. Are you becoming like a conservative <laughs> oh, uh, knuckle dragger now? Well, I will say, uh, I, you know, a New Yorker. Read the New York Times, of course I did. It's a great paper in many ways. But I don't know, about 10 years ago, I just got so tired. Not just of the sort of, you know, redundancy of they're always their political view, but they're just the style stuff they covered. I remember they wrote this super snarky article about Ryan Seacrest. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, why are we listening to this? And I just like, stop it. And I stopped. I write for the Wall Street Journal occasionally. I stop getting the New York Times. I read the journal. I disagree with a lot of their editorials, but it's a good paper too. It is. Um, the 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 holier than thou sanctimony of the Portland progressives is just it's just boring. There's nothing interesting to see there. I don't know that they're doing anything particularly good. You could hope that they're doing good things with infrastructure, but they're really not. It's just becoming super bike centric. It's as it's as clogged up as any other local government. Um, I don't know if it's made me more conservative. Um, I've always I'm always in both camps. Like I remember being in L.A. and and being at a, a party with a bunch of Reason folks, and then I had to go over to a L.A. press club, and they're like, oh, you're going to go hang out with the communists. And I got to the L.A. press club, and I saw Jonathan Gold, and he's like, oh, you were just over there with the fascists. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I like all these people. You know, and just like you said, Andrew Breitbart, did I agree with all of his politics or certainly what, you know, the you know his site became? No, but we all hung out and drank whiskey and talked. I mean, his stories about going to Irvine Meadows and trying to get his hand down some vinyl pants is sort of <laughs> always... <laughs> you know, so... Um, Speaking of, yeah, and of, the funny thing too is like you look at Breitbart and Bannon, like you know, I love Breitbart. He's one of the most, one of my most favorite people. Um, R.I.P. But the thing with Breitbart, he didn't really have any politics. He was conservative in the sense that he hated the liberal media, and that was his. I hate, and I love him, and he's brilliant. But that was sort of his thing. It turned, yeah, it like turned him into the Hulk. Yeah, if you wanted to get into policy. Or any type of the specifics going on, Breitbart may not have been your man, but yeah. he was great. And like, by the way, is there a liberal agenda in media? Absolutely. Sure. And he was the perfect person to fight that because he was hilarious. And also, you couldn't hate him. Like, I never met even my most liberal friends. Five minutes with Breitbart, you love him. There's no way you couldn't love him. Yeah, I don't. And, I don't know many people who were exposed to him and who held on to that he's a terrible moral monster. No, ever, no. Actually, talked to the guy. I, I had it, it. It's an unsolvable riddle of like how he would react to a Trump presidency, um, and and I kind of don't want to know the answer because I because I worry about it. Um, <laughs> I hear what you say. Yeah, um, but I think that he helped create something that we live in now, and that something isn't necessarily good, uh, which is to say that uh, uh, I think largely the kind of uh, ethos of the Republican Party now, beginning last year, beginning in 2016, is that uh, Trolling is central to the identity. By trolling, I mean like you are you find yourself at all times surrounded, like annoyed by the sanctimony of the New York Times. You feel like you're overwhelmed in the culture. I mean, Andrew Breitbart always says politics is downstream from culture. You got to uh, punch back twice as hard. All this kind of stuff. And so, what do you do? You figure out ways to talk in a uh, talk so that that culture that envelops you and surrounds you. And Greg Gutfeld's very much the same way. Yes, um, yes. I am going to design what I say to maximize their outrage at what I say. I'm going to find their sacred cows, the stuff that they actually don't want to talk about. They just want to draw a boundary about who is good and who's bad. And I'm going to go on that boundary and jump up and down and outrage them. And they're going, it's going to provoke a reaction. Um, and that's going to uh, rally people to my side because we're having fun. And they're all trying to, to say who's in the club and who's out of the club. Um, that now is, I think, defines Republicanism or conservatism more than almost anything else. 
else does. Very well said. And yeah. so, like, you know, this week, Jeff Flake retires from uh, or announces that his uh, retirement here. Jeff Flake. Ted Cruz. What an appropriate last name. What's the difference between their actual ideology? It's not much. But Ted Cruz is a troll, right? At heart, Ted Cruz looks like mm-hmm. wants to go up to Bernie Sanders. He wants to do this thing. He's, he's, he's going to troll you. He thinks it's funny. Jeff Flake's like a nice guy mm-hmm. Mormon. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so here's the thing. I agree with you. And I think Flake... Uh, Flake and first of all, what he voted for, like he voted for most of the Trump pol- things, like right, and that's of what time. he's getting hell like, about, yeah. right? And, but, but, and also, like quit. he knew he was not going to run, like, and so it's easy to say that now. It's like Girardi making fun of the Yankees now; he's out. Like, uh, so now you can do it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I two things about that. One is that the the voting ninety percent stat, the Nate Silver stat, I think is just a couple grades above junk because they're uh, okay. because it uh, one third of those votes are confirmation votes. Confirmation votes, 90% of the okay. governing party is going to vote yes. 90% of right. the opposing party is going to vote no. So get to actual pieces of legislation, which there really haven't been all, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, which <laughs> one? <laughs> and then second of all, before he knew or before he announced that he was uh, not going to run, he did write a book called The Conscious of a Conservative that yes. came out okay. two months ago and yeah. argued that his vision, but I think I think the criticism of him, and it's fair, is okay. So you you think that we now it's the time to say enough, which is the headline of his yeah. of his Washington Post column uh, from I think today um, and uh, or yesterday, and uh, we need to stand up and fight for the vision of conservatism that yeah. actually loves yeah. uh, you know free markets and immigration and the things that conservatives used to used to care for. Uh, let's stand up and fight. And I'm going to do that by making a speech with my voice quivering and I'm not going to run for re-election because I'm sad. Yeah, by bolting, <laughs> by bolting. Oh, God. Yeah, No, I mean, that's that's a problem. Like, I don't know. So for me, it's, it's the trolls uh, on one hand and on the other hand, it's the people who are just always policing who is in and who is out? Well, what's the what's the acceptable things that we're we're supposed to believe this year? Now, of course, we all agree that gay marriage is good. But in 2013, you know, we can't say that. You can't quite go that far, or whatever. But there's the policing of language and all this kind of stuff that we all, I think, the three of us and the four of us, including Fisher and all the a holes who were not here uh, today. Uh, just you find yourself in a state of constant irritation because it's like stop policing the boundaries of my discussion of my thoughts. Stop telling me who's acceptable and who's not. I mean, even the reaction of Flake. So many people are are like either you know he voted the the wrong way ninety percent of the time, or you know just he's a Republican. Stop stop saying nice thing about Republicans. Republicans are evil. It's a boundary drawing exercise. And caught between those two visions, I just feel like I don't like you people <laughs> either way i don't want to troll i honestly don't want to troll i yeah. want to have fun fun's yeah. good but like just spending your time thinking about how i can irritate this big block of people just what a waste right Ugh. and well it's like another cliche I'm, i've been the king of cliches so far this conversation but it's just the new porn is outrage, and I know I'm the first one to come up with that. But um, and it's just, um, it's the 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 thrill, the thing of dopamine about being offended and outraged, and how dare you think this, and how how and you're in this part of this camp, so I'm going to be in this part of this camp, and it's not even just the internet. People blame the internet. I think it's part of it, but um. People get off on this now, and they didn't used to. When we were growing up, they we did not. This was not something people got off on. The most that you would see this kind of acrimony would be like Red Sox Yankees. Like it or was Wa- never like this in or politics. Wally George or yeah. Wally George, and that was totally performative. That was fun. So speaking of outrage, how long before this whole like sexual harassment thing? It's like it's like ugh, okay, that's last week. We're well, not outraged anymore. Uh, if there's if there's a, if there's another kind of George H W Bush level thing, I think that's you heard um, about that. Oh yeah, a, the, the, the wheelchair Coppa- grabbing and David, David Copperfield. Such a like not a I guess not a dad joke, granddad joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I could totally see my grandfather saying that joke. Like oh god, was, was he a mass grabber? I hope not. I, but at this point, I don't trust anyone. Um, but uh, David Copperfield, I, it's uh. weird that he. Oh wow, and. It's just like, I, you know what? And I don't want to be part of the problem, of course, but a part of me also wondered, it's like, he is 93, and it's terrible. He should not have grabbed these women, but it's like, I don't know. I, I thought... I think if all the other stuff wasn't happening, it'd be like, this, ugh, yes. he's 93, who cares? But it's just like, do we still... 
still? Yeah, as a no, 90s? there's it's no like, defense. Does yeah. it ever? But it doesn't end. Well, also, I never thought because remember there was rumors when Bush was running against Clinton that he had had an affair with Barbara uh, Barbara Bush or something like that. No, that he like there's a secretary if, if I remember correctly. Uh, George Bush Senior had had an affair Senior. with the secretary. That's what yes. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, and there was a, there was rumors and it kind of never went anywhere. But I never. You could have given me every single president, with the possible exception of maybe Taft, I, like the least sexual person I would have thought of would be Bush Sr. And of all of those. My daughter, who was probably you know very young at the time, said, "Why is why is he always with his mother?" <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't call her mommy poop pants. Yeah, I, I've heard her being compared to George Washington a couple times too. Okay. The hair is similar. No. Yeah. Uh, well. Thank you both for uh, sitting in chairs that uh, were abandoned by my uh, co-fifth uh, columnists. You're welcome here. for not peeing on the said chair. Uh, you know what? That's why we're leaving a little bit earlier <laughs> rather than later. I saw where this is going and your sense of uh, bladder control. Uh, it's bad. Uh, it's getting worse with age. Uh, so I think we're going to repair to the uh, bar next door. One of these days we're going to tell you listeners where that bar is. Um, but only after we stop going there um, uh, for our own uh, private uh, health. Uh, but uh, this has been uh, the fifth column. Thank you all. Nancy Rommelman. You can follow her at Nancy Rom. Right? That's right. On the Twitters. That's right. Uh, and she's got a great book coming out in 2018. Tell That's us quickly right. what it is. Uh, it is called To the Bridge, uh, A True Story of Motherhood and Murder, about a, uh, a murder in Portland, Oregon that I had to find, get to the bottom of. I mean, tell them a little bit about the well, murder. Well, it's a, it's a woman who went to the bridge in the middle of the night, Selwood Bridge, and dropped her two children uh, off, and her son, four-year-old son, drowned. Her daughter survived, and I heard about it the next day and had to know how something like this happens, and it took quite a while, but I think I got to the bottom of it. It comes out in June really? 2018, and it's on, it, for pre-sale now on Amazon. I'm so there you go. you with drinks until I get to the end of the story. You got it, baby. <laughs> and then you will come on Morning with Bill Schultz on yes, Compound Media. Definitely. Oh, for I'm, sure. I'm poaching you. Yep. For sure. I'm, I will be, uh, I'm the booker. I'll be on Monday. Yes. We've already got our uh, first confirmation from Monday. Actually, you've got, you've got a good one. I'll, I'll show you the, the guests uh, after this. But Thanks for having us. Uh, Fish, Fish, do you have a some idiot wrote this as we're, uh, yeah. as we're uh, exiting the, the building? This uh, is a regular feature. Yeah, a uh, regular feature. Uh, new new fans, fans and friends. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a some idiot said this, and in the spirit of mocking uh, ex-presidents who have, you know, in, grow in their luster the further they've been from office. Bill Clinton in New Jersey uh, a couple days ago, quote, and I won't do an impression. Everybody is a nationalist. The question is, are you an inclusive nationalist or a tribal nationalist? How about no? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're out. See you next week. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.